the understanding of just as a uh, as a kid growing up that it's hard for women to get along and be friends. Have y'all experienced that just outside of outside of your union, right? Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's it's hard for women to stay friends together. You've experienced that? I would say I've experienced it and I would say that I've seen it. Um but I think it takes like when you find your tribe and find like women who think that the way you think and really it's a confidence thing. I think a lot of times women can't stay friends because there's an like, underlining competition, uh, underlining energy where I can't support you and you support me back and there's no competition. And mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. So I think with this particular group of friends, it's like, yo, we really, really root for each other and we're all mm-hmm. confident. Like, you cannot be confident and be a part of this group. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, B's a brand. She got her own thing going on. Brie Renee is beautiful. And we're going to hype you up and gas you up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can't be, you can't sit over here yeah. if you don't, if you're not confident. That's too. And I think yeah. it's hard because a lot of people don't know how to be a friend. Mm. So you can't have friends or you have trouble keeping friends because you don't know how to be a friend. Yeah. yeah. And if you know how to be a friend, like you said, you find people yeah. that you resonate with. It's easy because you know what you wouldn't do to them. And y'all have the same level of standard when it comes yeah. to friendship. For sure. But, can, you, can you explain? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was also going to say, we talked about this in the car, which we talk about on my podcast, No For Sure Podcast, drops every Tuesday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we Shame talk about one. healing, growth, and evolution, but the importance of platonic relationships. Yeah. So like you would say hey, that hurt my feelings while you do that to your romantic partner, but you wouldn't say it to your homegirl. Yeah. Like, that's just as important to have deep conversations yeah. to be like, hey, you hurt my feelings. Or we just hey, had a conversation I, in the car. We just had a conversation in the car. And I was like, thank you so much for telling me that. Like, I would be so much more intentional. You yeah. would do, I would do that with a man I'm dating. Yeah. So why would not do that with my female friends? Yeah. You know, platonic relationships are just as important as romantic relationships. I think a ship is a ship. Yeah. Like and you need to water it though. Yeah. Friendship yeah. is the same. So it's like, we're supposed to be together we're supposed to be holding each other accountable. We're supposed to be rooting and cheering each other yes. on, pouring into each other equally. So it, it to me, the only thing that's different about a romantic relationship is the added intimacy. Yeah. Right, right. Like the sexual intimacy. Because we have intimacy. intimacy. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That sexual intimacy. Because we do like have that intimacy where I feel so full. Yeah. After having Explain the intimacy, the non-sexual intimacy. Yeah. yeah. So there's a level, and I actually feel like Y'all, that I can be more intimate with you guys. Than I think I have so too. I can, I can agree to that. <laughs> I can agree to that. Then with men, because I feel safer to express my feelings mm. and, and my true deepest thoughts. I have I have a level of freedom with you guys when I'm like, hey, this is what you did that hurt me or this is what I'm really going through or this yeah. is my struggle with God right now. I don't feel like there are a lot of men that I can have those different range of conversations yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And for me, that mental, that's intimacy. It's fulfilling. It's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. to, your, to your question too, like, we get very intimate with each other. Mm-hmm. Like intimate conversations are about spirituality, about sex, about God, about what hurts our feelings, what what our desires are. And like, I don't think a lot of goals. platonic friends, goals, I don't think a lot of platonic friends have that conversation. And I tell you this all the time, like people be quick to call you bro or sis. I don't use that word lightly. If I call you bro or sis, it's because I really mean that. And we've had a mutual exchange and we know each other. I don't just throw that word friend around like r- lightly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like to be able to get to the point where you respect and realize that your health is important and be able to be comfortable being able to take off, you have to work hard enough to experience that, to say, yo, I'm working too hard. You know what I mean? It's it's like you can't have, like some people right now, they don't make enough to, how, how can I put it? To... 
to pay attention to their health right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah self-care? Like, you do broke for self-care? Is that... Does that sound crazy? Does that sound it, crazy? I don't know, because my life, when I didn't have no money, I was caring for myself a lot. I was relaxing. <laughs> like, I didn't have nothing. To, like, I was chilling. Like, my jobs that was paying me a little bit of money, they couldn't, They I wasn't about to be working. You know what I mean? Like, right. it was it was chill. So I don't have that experience, but I know there are, like, hardworking people mm. who are working, like, two, three jobs, and they just got to make it work. But... For uh, for me, it was it was that job that really just like I just I overdid it and the environment. So the entrepreneurship environment online is so I was so blown away by how this whole thing works. So here everyone's like self-care Sunday, self-care Monday. Don't let them people stress you out. In my old environment, it was like, <laughs> are you sleeping? Why are you sleeping? You are an associate. You don't sleep. Why are you like it, everyone worked that mm. hard? So I didn't know what my husband is always like. You don't know what normal is. This is not normal. Yeah. I'm like, why isn't the team? He's like, because normal people don't operate like that. <laughs> like in the real world, we don't work all night. If it because if the environment, but you know what's was, crazy? We don't want to be normal people at all. We don't want to yeah. be normal people, but we we do have to learn to work with because it can. But the environment was not a healthy environment, mm. but it did teach me work ethic and thank God because yeah. I do think people need work ethic. Here's the thing. I don't think there's an environment where extreme work ethic is going to be healthy. I don't think I don't think it's possible to have a healthy environment where the theme is hard work. I hope there is, <laughs> but it know. wasn't. You know, and, then, and here's the thing, the people that did have balance that would be like, hey, this is how you get balance in this work environment. They didn't have partnership. They didn't have status they didn't have the results yeah. they weren't seen by clients as best in class yeah. because the people that were best in class studied all the time they dedicated their lives to being great and i've just always i didn't i didn't want to be good like i'm yeah. anti-good yeah. i want it to be i want to do the thing that i can be world class at with continued work and dedication yeah. are you on youtube heavy no, no the only videos i have on youtube are videos we run as ads Mm. You're the ad queen, but I'm going to ask you just from your, your perspective. So I went to this class, not a class. It was a conference on like growing with video. And I realized that, uh, my thumbnails are too small oh. and I mean, I need to make a bunch of tweaks. Okay. But it, that's kind of me playing into the algorithm or the SEO on YouTube. Yes. Do you not advise that? Oh, yeah. So I do believe in best practices and I believe in our instincts. So if you have a marketer's. Dang, that just sat, that just sat in my spirit. Mm. You said best practices and instincts. Yes. Dang, that's good. And sometimes you have an instinct about something that isn't necessarily the best practice, but you just feel something. And I guess at that point determines kind of like how successful you'll be, especially if you've done enough research. Okay, so, so just just talk to me about what I'm trying to talk to you about right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's mad stuff going on through my head and I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm actually looking for coaching right now. Oh. <laughs> I love it. All right. So I'm supposed to ask you a clarifying question, all that, mm. right? Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, in that case with the thumbnails, 
what I would say is, first of all, what are the results you're getting? Because it's one thing for someone to tell you, here's a best practice, your thumbnails are too small. However, if you as David Shans are killing it and you're getting the click-throughs that where the data says, we we love your thumbnails, like this is working, then your thumbnails ain't too small. It wasn't. Okay. I just learned the click-through okay. rate thing. Oh, I thought we just came okay. up with a cool title. And I, and I, my guy, he made the thumbnails like, ooh, that's hard. Let's do it. And I put it on there. And You're then, like, ooh. Where everybody at? Where the clicks at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good. So then you ask yourself about the litmus test. So everything has a litmus test. How do we know if this is working or not working? And you want to look at the piece of data closest to what the asset is. In this case, the asset is the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. What's the piece of data closest to it? The click through rate. The click through mm-hmm. rate is what like people see the thumbnail. Are they clicking it? So that is our litmus test. Is this working or not? Got it. So when you look at the CTR, if you're like, oh yeah, this ain't given, mm. then most likely maybe the thumbnail is too small. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So uh, yes, you broke that rule working but, uh, SEO, but you start to understand search engine optimi- optimization there. Yes? Yes, absolutely. And how did you take that into Instagram? Because it's not the same. It's not. So what I'll say is I didn't, necessarily take it into Instagram. It did help me with Instagram ads a little bit, but to be honest, it just gave me a healthy foundation and understanding Mm. of the, you know, the architecture that is the internet. Like where are the channels where we can get traffic and how does the algorithm decide what to rank higher than the other thing. Mm -hmm. So it gave me at least a foundational understanding. And you know, once you get the foundational understanding. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation Again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir, turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get podcasts. 
All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's a great place to be to make up your own rules or, you know, imagine things. So what I would say is the, the next step from there, it gave me the foundation to then when I worked at Udemy, I knew about SEO. I knew about that channel of organic marketing. And so then while I was at Udemy, I worked for, my boss was brilliant. He's amazing. And I got to learn from him. And that's where I learned uh, about data analytics. Um, I, I couldn't learn SQL for the life of me though. Have you tried to learn SQL? SQL? I know it's, yeah. Have I, I, would, I, tried I, tried, I don't even I know, know what SQL is. Like, what are okay. you talking about? It's, yeah, that, that's where my line was like, I could do a pivot table, but SQL. Um, but yeah, so that's where I learned to like track the data because I was responsible for coaching. I essentially did what I do now. Like mm. I would coach individuals who were launching their courses and I would help them determine uh, how should you brand it? How are you going to grow your audience? Um, what should you title your course? What should you price it at? And how do you get a 10K launch? even if you don't have an audience. So because I had like the foundational knowledge, I could help advise them on these are keywords you should include mm -hmm. in your course title so you can rank on Udemy's platform, right? Because Udemy is like an Amazon. It's a big old search engine for online courses. Oh, wow. So I could use that SEO knowledge to advise them, use these keywords because you'll rank higher and though add your specific twist. What is your culture ad? What are those few things that one, you know, result that you're going to add to make yourself stand out? Mm. So I was able to better advise them uh, when I was there. Everybody thinks agents get paid so much. Yeah. But imagine walking from the closing table and you get paid 3% of 300000 Or you built the house and you get paid 200000 Give me an example <laughs> of a good deal, like, and how did it come to you? And, like, what'd you do with it? So a great deal that came to us was we bought the land on the top tax sale. So we're building two properties right now. You do tax sale deals? I've, I've been doing all of this for years. I just think I don't, the fabulousness I think sometimes overshadows the work. <laughs> but I, we bought, me and my husband, we've been going to tax um, tax sales for five years. What? And we go south because that's where he's from. My husband's from Forsyth, Georgia. Mm. And it's easier to get deals outside of the city of Atlanta. So you, and he, 
his high school friends and all that, they work for the city down there. So mm. we get the list, we go through the list and we we buy lands and we buy deals or we'll buy like a trailer. But the thing is not about the trailer. It's about having the land and knowing that it already has what connected power, a water source, things mm. that you don't have to go in, in infrastructure. You can yeah. just tear down the trailer and build up, which is what we did on um, one of the first properties we built. It was a trailer there, but it was easy to navigate because all the connections were already there. Give me some numbers on so this, this the, deal. The land itself cost us $7,500 um, to build the property. And where was it at? It was in Forsyth, Georgia. Okay. Um, cost us $7,500. We got it at a tax sale. And that was the tax sale. We closed that in 2017. Okay. Um, and so after we got the land, we waited like a couple years and we started to build on it. We built on it three years ago. Um, it took us about 60000 65000 give or take, to build the property. We sold it for 204000 Oh, wow. Dang. You don't get none of that in Atlanta? I can say... You can. Atlanta has deals, but when you're starting out, start small. Because now that mm. you've started small, now I feel like I'm confident enough sure. to do a big deal because the cost of land costs much more. But the returns are greater in Atlanta, too. So if you see some land in Atlanta, it's going to cost you maybe 300000 in the city of Atlanta. But if you get the land for 300000 you have the right builders, the right suppliers, the right connectors. You can build the house for 300000 and then you can sell the house for $1.4 million. What? And you can make your money back. See, that's the point. That's why I... At this point in my career, I'm still selling. But like I said, I don't know how long because I'm really loving the development side. Mm. You take a bigger risk because what you're risking in the, as a developer is, am I building a product that five months from now when it's done, let's just say on average, really six months from now when the property is done, are we going to be in the market where they're going to pay this purchase price I need them to pay in order for me to make my profit? The, I started to ask questions first. Mm -hmm. Right, what started that was going through the psychiatric ward experience. Thankfully, I was. And why were you in there? Uh, because I was going to commit suicide. Why? Uh, so, as I was saying earlier, things compounding on top of each other. So I have trauma back from childhood. You know, experiencing domestic violence, my parents divorcing, not explaining anything to me, going to school, getting picked on, then becoming a bully. I mean, there were so many things, as I said, over time compounding on itself, going through breaks up, breakups in a relationship, not ever getting counseling. All of these things just came to a head when I was maybe about 23 years old. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't take it. I wrote a suicide note. I was living in Atlanta at the time and I got in my car and I said, I'm going to drive my car for 285 and I was just crying 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 and I got off on the exit I can't even tell you what the exit was I got off there was a Kroger there I sat in the Kroger parking lot and I cried 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 and I said you know what something just said drive to the hospital I didn't know what was going to happen I drove to the hospital told them how I was feeling Baker acted me and I was sent to Peachford Psychiatric Ward uh, here in Atlanta give me all the things that were going on specifically that drove you to that point <sighs> Feeling like I was alone was the biggest thing. You just broke up with somebody at that point? Well, me, we, me and my husband, we've been together for 15 years. Mm. Um, and we had, you know, we met in 12th grade. So we've gone through so much. I've hurt him. He's hurt me. Never really understanding how to work through that. Um, not having my dad in my life as a child. I was only able to see him six days a month. Uh, court order. Um, as I say, experiencing domestic violence. I constantly try to suppress that through using drugs. I've used um, marijuana, of course. Um, I use alcohol to suppress it. And eventually the suppressions wasn't working anymore. But was it one particular day where it all kind of hit you and it drove it to that point? Or like did the thoughts just kind of creep in slowly? So 
the whole reason why I moved to Atlanta was a cry out, but nobody realized it. I was like, I'm going to move to Atlanta and people are going to realize that they miss me. Well, moving to Atlanta further isolated me. I had no one. I was home by myself all the time. And then that allowed me to just sit and replay all the things that happened to me throughout life. Mm. And then, yes, one day I was like, I'm done. I'm tired of this. And it was too much. And I understand depression is a, a, a heavy thing because it feels like there's a looming dark cloud over you and nothing can lift it. it feels so heavy. And that day, it, the load was just too heavy. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a letter. I wrote a letter. I left it on my uh, dresser and I got in my car. And thankfully, I understand now it was a part of my mission to help other people that's going through that. But that day, I really thought that was going to be my last day. Mm. I really did. I so really you, you, did. Drive, you drive to a hospital. And once you start talking about suicide, they take you. Yeah, they took me in. Was, was that experience necessary for you in terms of you being there? Do you remember some points of being there? That I just remember you? feeling so numb. I was very numb. Um, even they gave when you they drugs? Told me, any regrets? Did they give you drugs? They didn't because I was pregnant at the time. Mm. I was pregnant at the time and I did not have to take any drugs. They gave me like prenatal vitamins. And they gave Dang, me you something. You going to kill yourself and you was pregnant. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And going through that stressful experience, I ended up having um, a miscarriage because of all the cortisol levels. They told me, you know, they didn't want to make me feel bad. Like, no, that had nothing to do with it. But knowing what I know now definitely had everything to do with it. Yeah. Um, but that's what really started the vegan journey because going through that experience and being in there, thankfully I didn't have to get put on drugs. But going through that experience... I saw so many women that were on drugs and it didn't look pretty. So I said, in my mind, I was like, what is this? And that started me asking questions. So I spent four days there um, and I came home. I, I felt a little bit rehabilitated, but overall I started to ask questions and kept asking more questions, more what questions. What type of questions? Why do you look like a zombie when you're on pharmaceuticals? That was one of the questions. Um, why isn't there adequate health care for women that are going through things? Why do I feel just like a number in this system, right? In that facility, granted, they did what they could, but I didn't feel like, you know, my issues really mattered. I felt like a number, just like another patient. So I started to ask questions about that. I started to ask uh what would happen if I was on pharmaceutical drugs? Would that change how I viewed the world? Would that change how I uh, communicated? Because I saw that thing, those things happen to women um, in there. And I was like, uh -uh, I don't want to be like that. So at that point, I said, OK, I know, you know, I guess I kind of got scared straight because at that moment I knew that I didn't want to commit suicide anymore. But I still dealt with depression. I'm like, well, why didn't going there eradicate it? Yeah. What is it? And that's what led into veganism. And I didn't decide to go vegan. My husband's the one said, we need to go vegan. When do you go out on your own? Because the next step was you starting your own firm. Yep. How long were you there at the $300,000 spot? Less than six months. And I really? know that because they gave me a $60,000 signing bonus. And the signing bonus said, if you leave within six months, you got to pay it back. And I had to tell them I'm not going to pay it back because that was going to be my seed money. But also, <laughs> but also I'm leaving because y'all don't respect me as a woman of color. And so it was a toxic environment for me. I interpreted the environment as one of toxicity and I just could not stay there. Mm, so they wowed you, they smoothed wowed you. Wowed you, told me you could work. Because oh, environment sure one, I could work there. from home. I may have worked a lot, but I could work from wherever I needed to work yeah. from. The first firm was very much so like, Hey, y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man. They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school, and they 
need you to get off the couch to open the door. Well, you don't have to do it anymore with this Eufy lock. You can open, unlock, see who's at the door all on your phone. It's super easy to install. You can set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It's keyless entry. So it's no more fumbling for your keys when your hands are full coming from the grocery store. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. Listen, you put your fingerprint on there, you don't have, even if you got you got your bags, you put one finger out there, boop, you get to unlock your door that way. No battery anxiety. You don't have to worry about the battery dying. Quick charging, it's incredible. Also, passcode unlocking and remote control with a 2K clear sight camera so you can see who's at the front door. You're in control anywhere from the app. Enhanced night vision. It's absolutely incredible. No monthly fee either. So unlike other brands that charge a monthly fee, you have you have uh, recordings locally, and you don't have to pay for the storage. Customer support is on 10. Listen, Ufi is on standby for you 24-7, so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by our professional customer service team. Listen, you can contact them anytime, telephone, email, or live chat. Okay, listen, you need this Eufy lock. You need to look it up. All you have to do is go to the official website, eufy.com. I just ordered mine, okay? I love this product. It is incredible. It's a game changer. It makes life so much easier, right? So if you have a video doorbell already or any smart lock, it's, 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 it's time to replace it. It's time to replace it. So listen, search Eufy. E-U-F-Y, video lock. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y, video lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Okay? You can get a complete control of your front door, your life, back door. Incredible. Okay? So search Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock, or visit eufyofficial.com forward slash video lock. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We hire the best and we let them be the best and the best gets their work done, but we don't care where you get it done from. Yeah. So the next firm, I'm like, yeah, I need to work from home. I'm snapping my fingers. Where's my assistant? What's going on? They're like, you don't have that. We don't have paralegals. I'm like, great. I'm working late. Where's the nighttime assistants? They're like, we don't have nighttime assistants. I'm like, where is my car service? They don't got... Y'all ain't got none of my stuff. It's wrapped into that $300,000 to get that, you, okay? So they I'm like, Lord, let me get on Fiverr. I need this. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. And at firm number one, because that was my first ever professional law job. So mm. I thought that was that was normal for me. Mm. Like, having nighttime staff, having late night car service, ordering whatever you want. Them not checking if you order a $100 meal or a $200 meal. That was not the place at number two, okay? Mm. And so... I asked my paralegal to come in my office and I got a, uh, the partner walks in my office and like, you know, you're making her feel insecure. You know, she has a law degree too. She's just working as a paralegal and you know, the paralegal did not look 
chocolate mm-hmm. who had a problem with me yeah. having oh, her come 100%. in my office. And I was like, oh, so they was like, maybe you could go to her office sometimes. Maybe you could do. I was like, oh, she went to law school, but didn't pass the bar and didn't get a degree and didn't work here as an associate. Oh, so don't that mean that she could come in this office? I don't play them games. Mm. So I told them. I started doing my digging and I realized I was the third woman of color who'd worked there, who'd left within a year or shortly thereafter. Got it. And I asked them why I was like, why am I the third woman of color that left within a year? And they didn't like that question. And okay. then I had to have a meeting with HR and then they didn't like what I had to say. I didn't like what they had to say. And then I left no planning. I think I called my husband first, like I'm about to leave. And then I, my husband was out of town at a work event. I called my best guy friend at the time who was a writer, who that friend you call when it's like, bro, I got to get all my stuff out of here at mm-hmm. night. Chris is out of town. Come get all my stuff. And we moved my stuff out overnight. And I just never went back. Yo, first off, I just want to say, <laughs> you're a terrible employee. You're just not built for it. Like, you're just not, you're not a good employee. You know what I mean? Like, I would never hire you. This is crazy. So work for me? Oh, it's over. <laughs> you just ain't got it in you. You know what I mean? I didn't just, have it in me. I didn't have it in me. It wasn't you, meant to be. But you raised some valid points. For one, you can... <laughs> Going through that experience is cool because you realize it's a lateral move. I make more over here, but am I really making more over here? Right. But obviously, yeah, for sure. At my first firm, all that I could be myself, I could bring up whatever issues I had. No one cared. Everyone was very direct. Everyone was very like confident. Like everyone I worked with was confident and they just were like, whatever. Like yeah. it wasn't a deal. If I, if I felt like someone was being discriminatory, I brought it up at firm number one. They weren't like, you got to leave or we don't want you here. They were yeah. just like, explain to us why you think that. And I would explain to them why. And yeah. it was a conversation, but it, it's different cultures. Yeah. Like you have to find the culture for you. So I would always do my job, but nah, that whole like being not saying what's on your mind thing, mm. it just it wasn't gonna work. I bet. That's no, that was you a moment. And you, and you feel like yeah. when you have these moments with your friends, like you really feel like, wow, this is really my friend. Yeah. Like we've had, like, of course, all of us are popular or whatever, you know a lot of people, but there's a difference between knowing people and, p- and people that like know you and people that are your friends. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like all of us, like I've had intimacy with you. I've had intimacy with you. I've had yeah. intimacy with you. And I think that's important. And, and that's what makes our friend group so special. And mm-hmm. you have to work on it and become the type of friend you're trying to attract. Mm-hmm. Like, well, my friends, it's like, well, what are you, you doing? keep hanging out with them. Yeah. <laughs> you must be attracted to something in messy people or, yeah. you know, right. like there's something. You entertain that, the mess. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. more you grow in your spirituality and your mindset and your um, support and your growth, like you're going to attract people yeah. like that. Yeah. You what know, if, what have you had been, what have you had to work on in terms of being a friend? Like, is this a, oh is my this gosh. something that's just natural Ooh, or is it a Jesus. conscious being a friend? It's a conscious, intentional effort every single day yeah it is per person like yeah. i'll give you a prime example megan ashley everybody knows she's my best friend half of the know for sure podcast she moved to atlanta maybe two years ago and i had the first three months i hadn't seen her kids or anything like i'm like it's like oh my girl's in atlanta da, 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 da. um and we kind of got into uh our first like she was like I've been in Atlanta for three months. And you haven't seen my kids. I'm like, oh, girl, come by and see the kids when you want me to come see the kids. She's like, no, you're not hearing me. Like, that is an important part of my life. I'm yeah. like, dang, like, Jackie don't give a damn if I see her kids. Mm-hmm. And then once Jackie heard that conversation, she was like, actually, I, I would love for you to be in my kids' life. Yeah. I did. So it's like each person is 
you you relationship. You need yes, different things. it's different. Like I'll give certain you, people don't need. Like, this how you like have to pour into your wife. Yes, you, like, certain things. Like you have you have to do that with your friends. Yeah. And you, this friend may like quality time. This friend may like gifts. This friend may like to go out to eat. And yeah. you have to know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I just recently told Brie, I'm like, Brie, like, I'm a quality time person. I want to come over to your house and just hang out. Yeah. Like, we don't have to be I didn't going even to an know event. She needed that, though. Yeah. Uh, first off, yeah. Christine need a call back or she going to put it no, on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> she was like, she I want y'all to know my friend ain't hit me back. And David, yeah. I was going to give you that example. I know that about Ernestine <laughs> now because we've had those conversations. Yeah. But me and B. Simone, we don't have to talk. I'm the opposite. We, we both I don't are. have to see nobody. I'll see you in a year and tell you my deepest, darkest secret. Exactly. <laughs> like, We're the same when it yeah. comes. I think that's the Aries thing, too. Yeah. Like, we don't really need yeah. that much of it. So, like, it's just like so much time can pass by without us even picking up like the phone the but once we get together we'll go on a vacation together yeah. or we'll go out to eat and then it's like no time has passed yeah. but with Ernestine is like no I need to talk to you yeah. now yeah. <laughs> yeah. I called you 20 minutes yeah. ago and I still haven't yeah. got a call back I'm yeah. going on Instagram yeah. to call you so you cater it per person Literally. and you take time and be intentional to learn each person yeah. you know like yeah, Man, this is crazy. I, I'm I'm starting to reflect. I'm sure y'all are thinking like, "Dang, there's some people I need to call." Yeah, yeah. Am I being a friend, am, like, especially am I so- if they care about that, it's yeah. not about what you care about. Like, like I need words of affirmation. Is. I need you to tell me I am doing. You're doing great. Doing sweetie. great. Keep yeah. going. Mm. I need affirmation. Yeah. Other people are like, girl, don't tell me nothing. Show me. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So and see, I'm the opposite. Like you were just saying, y'all did great. And I'm like, don't just tell me I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. I need the criticism. Yeah. Because I feel like you don't love me if you didn't pay enough to it to see to what I could something. do better. Yeah. So it's like, it's so different it's for each different. person. Yeah. And like you said, it's not about, um, I was being the friend to everybody, the type of friend that I needed. But you got to be the friend that, that they, they need. need. So it yeah. is about how they receive love. And I will say this too. You kind of <laughs> got to take accountability and self-reflect too. It's like, bitches ain't going to affirm you every day. You're great. You know what I'm saying? So if your thing is quality time, you ain't going to always get the quality time. If your yeah. thing is gifts, you're yeah. not going to get a gift every Friday. Right? Yeah. Get your man now. <laughs> you but know, it's like you small to, things, Dave. Like so even it's like, both. You have to take accountability to yeah. not want so much from people and yeah. find certain things within yourself. Because yeah. everybody dealing with their own stuff too. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. We all are dealing with so, so much, much behind the scenes. So we have to be Lord. mindful of that as well. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm cracking. Ernestine was like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't on the verge, babe. Talk me off the ledge. <laughs> yeah, I never even thought about like this conversation. I, I never thought about how much work it takes to be a friend. Ooh, you know, yes. it's work. A true it's friend. It's really work. To be a well, true you, friend. To be a true friend is really, really work. And you do and it I when you care. You re- I, yeah. And I think we talked about this too. Like, when you do have those people in your life that go the extra mile to show you I'm a friend, like, I think we should all really appreciate those people. Yep. Because... Everyone, my mom used to always say when I was growing up, you, you're lucky if you have one real friend in life. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, oh, please, I have a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. But then as you get older, you realize you're like, no, like having a real friend, they come few far in between. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Someone who's yeah. invested in you, who wants to see you win, who supports you, who's there for you, who, who won't judge you, who's like interested in your life. It's like when I call you, I'm like, we get to business, but I'm also like, how's, how's Dre and the kids? Yeah, like, sure. how's everybody in the family? Yeah. Like I start with that first because it's not about just our transactional things. It's like, I want you to know that I'm invested in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Veganism, is that a religion? 
It seems like it sometimes. It, I think somebody, uh, maybe I was reading on the internet or something like that. It it's like not it a religion. It's not a, not to my knowledge. It is not a recognized religion. But it seems like it because once you become a vegan, then you got, okay, you got the alkaline vegans who's telling you you bad for eating broccoli and cauliflower. Then you got the regular vegans who's telling you, hey, you, you bad for being alkaline. Who you think you are following this? That doesn't really work. This is for the animals. Then you got uh, raw vegans who's saying all of y'all is messed up. You need to be eating raw vegans. And then you have liquid raw vegans and then you have breathitarians so <laughs> what hold on first okay before we get into the elephant in the room which that whole breathitarian like yeah you need breath i don't i don't know if it's like you're just <laughs> liquid vegan what's that so liquid vegan means that you are raw but all of your meals are liquid Right, so you are either pureed it or you blend all of your meals. You only drink. Oh, uh, you pureed it. Okay, correct. There are vegans mm -hmm. that are raw, but they only eat it in juice form. Correct. Every day of their life. Every day of your life, and I have not evolved to that level yet. I don't know if I'm ever going to be at that level, but there are people that are liquid raw vegans, and the notion behind that is because you're. You What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, 
boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you know right now yet, you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal. That triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. Secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code BIGDEAL at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights, take your brand to new heights, take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer, okay? I'll see you at the summit. and Don't forget to use promo code Big deal. You want to conserve as much energy as possible. So when you eat whole foods, your body's going to break it down to a liquid to send the energy to the cells anyway. So why don't I just consume it as a liquid so I can help my body conserve energy? That actually makes sense. Instead of eating 10 carrots, you just juice it. it. Juice it or blend it, correct. Okay. Breathitarian. Living off of the breath of air. That is because... We know that there are elements that are in the air that are needed for the body to survive. So you breathe in air. You can't do this anywhere. You can't. I wouldn't do that in Atlanta. I wouldn't do that in New York. You need to do that in Caribbean spaces um, where there's good quality air, where you can go around a lot of greenery. You can go in the mountains. You can go in the forest and then practice your breath work, and that would be your meal for the day. So when we went to PR, we no, made some. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's no way, okay? You cannot, you can't just breathe and that be your meal. Yeah, that's what they, that's what they work on because there's nutrient dense air, right? So some. I'm sorry, I gotta Google it. No, keep going, keep going. (laughs) There's nutrient dense air. And that's why I say where there's a lot of pollution, you can't live that lifestyle. Right, because you have a lot of chemicals in the air as well. You have microplastics in the air, depending on where you live. Uh, but if you are in, you know, Caribbean spaces, if you are in, you know, South America, um, I went to PR and I actually met a breathitarian. Um, I, I met a breathitarian in Miami as well who lived in DR um, six months out of the year. And he pre- practiced being a breathitarian throughout those six months. And he lived purely on, on breath and he didn't look malnutrition or anything. And I said, praises to you, brother. But I can't do that. Breathitarian, a person who believes that it is possible through meditation to reach a level of consciousness where one can obtain all sustenance from the air or sunlight. Correct. You met some, they lying. (laughs) I've met two breathitarians through my life. Uh, So, yeah, they definitely depend on sunlight for their vitamin D, for cholesterol, to release cholesterol, which is the the fat that the body makes, the liver makes. uh, So you get your fat source from that. Um, But I personally, it it doesn't, I can't do that. I'm not well versed in that one. So. Uh, but there are people that are there, right? I don't know if you've ever seen the diagram of a person through evolution where they have the person with the plate versus the person who's only eating the sun and you're supposed to be totally ascended just by, you know, living off sunlight and, as I said, the air around you. But um, I don't think I'm going to evolve to that in this lifetime. Actually, now that I think about it, uh, if we truly believe the mantra that it's like mind over matter, and that's like the ultimate manifestation 
Mm-hmm. level and that's exactly the how they think i'm manifesting nutrients they talk different they talk as a meditation they're talking like um their words carry a vibration because they know everything is frequency so it, it's a whole art it, it really is art i've met two and they are as i said i said whoo good good goodness to you but wow. i can say me and my husband i feel like we are the best business partners so mm-hmm. I, I talk about all my business with him um, if you do business with me, know my husband know what you said. <laughs> I tell him everything. But one thing I can tell you for sure is what we're t- what we're discussing is lowering our overhead, keeping our our operations expenses low, so that way we can see more profits. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in the hype of raising our operations expenses. Right? I'm getting. I just got a new office space for Watson Realty Co. It was necessary. Buy it or lease it. I, I had, I'm leasing it. It's in Buckhead. I'm leasing it now. But my plan is I have a three-year plan for the space because I know I want to buy something. But where I want to buy it at, that's the problem. Yeah. Everybody wants to buy commercial, but there's whew, the prices are yeah. so high at the location. And it's a permanent decision. You have to decide where you want to be. So I'm leasing it. But even in that lease, you have to determine like what this market is going to look like. And am I going to have enough agents that are producing at the same level they're producing now to cover this expense? And so for me, I'm making smart decisions. I'm looking at the market. I'm watching companies. I read articles. I'm watching all these major real estate companies. EXP is completely virtual. They have no overhead. They have no brick and mortar, right? But they stay at the top of the list when it comes to profitability, when it comes to real estate. Um, Look at other companies like Keller Williams. They laid off 40% of their mortgage workforce. Um, Redfin laid off, I want to say about 15, 20% of their workforce. And those are people they put in administrative roles to support agents because what they're doing, everybody is taking a step back. And they're replacing this with technology. AI is coming to replace people. Yeah. So what I what I decide when I'm looking at growing my businesses is I want to grow steady. I don't want to shoot up and grow because you don't know what this market is going to look like. In real estate, to me, people will. I know, there's a group of people that they're gonna. It don't matter how bad the market is. There is a group of people that will always purchase and sell real estate because they see no value in renting. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what's going on. They're going to always purchase and sell, which is. Grateful to me, those are the clients that I service. So they already know the value of buying and selling real estate, which is another reason I stay in production. I say I'm in production now because I spoke to a couple. When you say production, what do you mean? I'm still I still sell real estate. I still sell. The reason I still sell real estate is if the moment that I stop selling real estate, then my income is dependent upon my agents closing deals. Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to depend on them yet because I'm a two year old company. Let me see what happens in five years. Yeah. So give me three more years and then I can see myself processing out of production because at that time, three years later, it's a five year old business. Now I can really look at our P&Ls and I can really see Mm. the structure of the business. So that's what a lot of times, like I said, don't get caught up in the hype. Mm -hmm. A lot of you guys are moving too quickly and you're going to forget the core part of your business. And in my opinion, as this recession comes and a recession to me, is just people are recessing from spending overinflate money on these overinflated items, yeah. right? Gas is higher, food is higher, rents are higher, mortgages are higher because interest rates are higher, right? So don't get caught up in thinking you're gonna always close 30 deals. You might yeah. close 15. You may close 15 and that's yeah. you being at the top of your game. 
So if you're at the top of your game and you're closing 15 deals, what are those newbies are closing? And they don't have the book of business. You would take your, so let's say um, one of our students, Alicia Price, she started out with a, her story, which mm -hmm. was she grew up in a single parent household. So single mom. Um, and then when she grew up, she ended up becoming a single mom and she successfully co-parented uh, her son. And so she's like, yo, like, I'm really good at this co-parenting thing. Mm -hmm. um, and in her professional job, she did mediation. So she's like, I'm really good at this. And so she knew other moms were struggling with this. And so she created her course on co-parenting. Um, so she oh, turned wow. her story into this framework, um, made like 13K from her first launch, um, but taught it live. So it was a... Hold on, hold on. So there's a course of Ramsey. So she taught a course on co-parenting. Yes. You would teach a course on anything. They make $13,000. Yes. And that was just the first time that she launched it. What you tell her? How did she do that? Like, <laughs> nah, like where you find the co-parents, like, and then you got to find the people who want to admit that they're having a problem co-parenting, like. Yes. And, 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 and? if you're going to put together like this workshop, for six weeks, where you find the people to come for six weeks? Yeah. So for her, she found them in a couple places. One is um, organizations. So mm -hmm. she actually, part of that 13K, 7K came from a nonprofit organization that worked with single moms. Oh. So she plugged in there. So she went on LinkedIn. She went, um, looked around and found these nonprofit organizations. And one in particular hired her to work with their single moms. Because wow. they had the funding for it. And then the others, the other places are like Facebook groups. There are so many Facebook groups for all these different communities, including single moms, co-parenting, parenting tip groups. So people are raising their hand like, I need help. I want parenting tips. Um, so yeah, those are the places she found them. And this is stuff you teach people, like how to yeah, get creative. Absolutely. Especially, yeah, because you don't need... You don't need a large file. You ain't even say nothing about posting on the gram. Exactly. You don't know about going live on the gram. Yeah, no, yeah. Back to speaking of being a good friend, like David, I just called him. I was like, hey, we need some sponsorships for product placement. He literally just sent me the money that day. Like didn't ask a whole bunch of questions. Yep, and yep. he was like, he literally said, I'm doing this because I want to support you. That comes with trust though. Yes. You guys, I do want to stress that. Yes, you can support your friends, but you also have to trust them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't just be dishing money out and like, hey, you hundred dollars last week. I give you yeah. five thousand this week. Like, <laughs> yeah. where is you know, this you know, going? I don't even think it's trust. It's just it it's is trust. It's relationship, but it's relationship too. Yeah, it's like yeah, you built the trust. Like yeah, Dave, I literally called him and was like, hey, this is what we're doing, and he was like, I love you, I support you. Where, where do you want me to send it? No. Literally didn't ask no questions. No. I don't even know. But I, I don't even think he really cared if the shirt was in there or not. Yeah. 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 No, but I think David. I didn't, believes... I didn't think about it until I saw the shirt in there. I was <laughs> in like, the oh, movie. Right, take off. <laughs> <laughs> I want $5,000. Okay. 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 Real fast. No, I think it goes back to David also believing in your ability to execute. Yeah. Like, if you know, like, again, you know, you got a friend that actually does everything that they, they say they're going to do. Yeah. 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 I have sure. no problem with If David called me, I would, it, it's not even about whether I trust David with For the, sure. I don't care what you do with the money once I give it to you yeah. I believe in what you're what you, what you say you're gonna do yeah, yeah. you know what that I mean that relationship yeah. equity is something you gotta build it up yeah. it yeah. I tell people all the time relationship capital is more valuable than money it is more valuable what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with Shopify 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure. Anything. Yeah, right. I have been able to maneuver the way I've maneuvered just simply off relationships. relationships. It's phone calls. I can call people. It's like you have to have that just like that going to the beginning of our conversation, pouring into people. Yeah. Like you pour into people, it, it comes back to you. Yeah. yeah, It really does. Like relationship capital, man. Just being a good person. Relationship equity, for sure. Because through relationships, breed resources. Yeah. yeah. Every 100%. job opportunity, yeah. every career, major life changing, came from, someone. came from somebody that I knew. Yeah. And somebody else putting me on yeah. or just looking out or knowing yeah. I was the right fit for that. Yeah. yeah for so sure. yeah, everything you need is not just it's coming from those people, those relationships that you build. Build yeah. your village, man. Everyone listening to this build your village is so important. Like it's it's everything. And be yeah. mindful yeah. how you treat people. Yeah. I was just about to say that's what it boils down to. Cause yeah. they ain't calling EJ or Bree or B Simone if you're I'm set effed up messed up person <laughs> or you know Debbie Downer, no energy or you don't treat people right. Like I've gotten a lot of opportunity. Yes, I'm talented. Yes, I work hard. Yes, I grind, but I feel like God has blessed me and people around me have blessed me a lot too because I just have good relationships with yeah, people. Yeah, so yeah. some things I didn't have to audition for. Some things I did, you know, yeah. it's just like, okay, she's great for this job. Call her up. I love her energy. I love her. I love yeah. whatever. You know, that that's a relationship And they know thing. what to How expect. you treat people. Yeah, of yeah. you. Like, I know what to expect when Ernestine shows up. a couple up. times where Brie and, and B had to check me a little bit because I get snappy sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brie, it was a couple times on set. Brie, Brie checked her on set. It was, like, it was one time on set where Brie was it, like, I'm trying to learn my lines. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, DJ, you could have been a little nicer the way you said that to the such and such department. I'm like, well, they need to make sure they're doing their job because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but again, because both of our names are on it, I'm like, I want them to remember how we made them. Like, yeah. They will remember how I made them feel. Yeah. And so it's like, I know you might not have said, you wouldn't have said it nicer, but I would have. <laughs> right. So because my name on it, I need you to, I need them to know that we're not all coming at them like that. Right. <laughs> right. I need you to go re-say that. Right. That's what he was doing. So you're out you're out of a job out of a and job and so in my, my mindset was I'm a I'm gonna sell this book <laughs> but that ain't gonna give me where I need to go you so I'm gonna a get book. a job I wrote this book The mm-hmm. Law School Hustle before or after you got fired or before or I was writing it while at my job gotcha but you didn't finish it by the time you left I don't remember exactly it was like mm-hmm. very close I think I, it was probably done by the time I left gotcha. it, it probably just gotten finished by the time I left okay. Okay. and my original plan was I'm gonna start this business with speaking and this book 
deal. I don't want to call it a thing, but like it was, mm. it was a self-published book. It was, it was kind of a thing. <laughs> like it was a book thing. <laughs> it was not a book deal. It was a book thing. Right. right? And I was just like, this is not, this $20 book is not going to get me there. And so I started speaking to colleges, but I would do bulk book sales. Mm. But even with that, it was like a thousand dollars. So I'm like, look, babe, I'm just going to get one other firm job so that I can make a little bit of money. Mm. And then I prayed this prayer. It was the most dangerous prayer I prayed, but also the best prayer I prayed. Dangerous. It was a dangerous prayer. It was God. I want a job that's custom made for me. And at the time I prayed this prayer, I had um, and one offer and one potential offer from another firm. Literally, once I prayed that prayer within 24 hours, I lost that job. And every other firm that I interviewed with after praying that prayer was like, we won't hire you, which didn't make sense with my experience. Mm. And they didn't know how, like, they didn't know that I was going to come in there and shake it up. I kept that under wraps. <laughs> Law is kind of hush-hush about this stuff. They probably hate that I'm even telling this story. Right. But, like, literally, I lost every other job. And I, I, when you say you lost the job, meaning you had the offers. They hired me, gave me the offer letter, and were like, you're in. Your start date is Wednesday. You just got to go through your background check, go through all your conflicts check. And the firm called me and was like, hey, you didn't pass conflicts, which literally means I worked on a case at one of my previous firms mm. that precludes me from working at this firm. Because it's a conflict, like either one of my old clients is beefing with the client at the oh, new wow. firm or something That's like that. But it's rare. And normally there's ways to get around it. I've never even met another lawyer who had a complex issue. And so That's I why thought, you're saying it's a dangerous Yes, prayer. because after I lost those jobs and I was crying and I was sad, I was like, I want a job custom made for me. And God was like, you're going to have to make it. Mm. And he was like, I ain't, I guess he was looking through the roll of eggs like, I ain't got nothing for sis down there. I ain't got nothing for this girl, Chris. <laughs> you to stress nobody else out. I don't got a job for you, okay? You, <laughs> Good luck, my daughter. <laughs> I have equipped you for this. Hilarious. So yeah. then I just got on the internet and my husband, hate, like this was the period in our marriage where he was like, what is my wife doing? Because <laughs> I, I saw some girl on Instagram and um, she was making live videos and selling mm. these eBooks, but it looked like she was selling a lot of these eBooks. And I was mm. like, oh, maybe I could do that. And my husband was like, I know good and well. <laughs> you did not leave this job to start getting on Instagram and selling eBooks. And I would be on live. It'd be like four people there, David, okay? <laughs> And Chris, Chris, he said, yo, he just said, that's a stretch. Maybe two, maybe two or three. Give me four, babe. And he would be like, those? And I'd be like, babe, look, they gave me a like. And he'd be like, a like? He was like, them people are gassing you up and you're not going to make any money. I was, I was like, he was like, why don't you do law? Like, why don't you sell a trademark, sell us something? I was like, all right, I guess I could. I was like, it's all these trademark lawyers on the internet. I could sell some trademarks. Yo, like, believe it or not, yo, this is this story is hilarious, but there's so many gems packed inside of this, right? Because you saw somebody doing something mm -hmm. and you said, Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. But that ain't you. That it, and that's what he said. He was like, you've always been corporate. You've always been a speaker. You've always, he was like, why don't you sell what you know? Mm. But I didn't have, we had $60,000, right? Mm. But I didn't know. Oh, so when they gave you that 60,000 advance. Cash. You just saved it. Yeah, we pocketed that. How long were you at the firm? Was it six it months? Was, no, no, no. It was like four months, four to five months. Gotcha. So you just never spent that 60 grand. 
Oh, we spent a little bit of it. Okay. But <laughs> we spent a little bit of it. But we put a lot of money away in like our 401k mm. and all that other gotcha. stuff. So I was like, if all else fails, we can we have access to this amount gotcha. of capital. Well, right now I'm on a journey where I'm not eating sweets. Okay. I'm not eating dessert okay. specifically. Like okay. after every meal, I'll eat a dessert or I'll eat some chocolate or something. I haven't I've been off for maybe like three weeks or so. So I'm not eating dessert. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, what else am I not doing? There's a couple of things that I just cut out. Oh, pasta. I just stopped pasta. Okay. Because I am in love with pasta. Okay. I will leave my wife <laughs> for some pasta. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, but I love pasta. I eat pasta everywhere. Okay. Um, so I'm not eating that. But I, I do crave pasta and I do crave sweets. Mm-hmm. So then, like I was saying earlier, we want to look in your childhood and look for... Um, experiences where either you were dealing with issues around people pleasing, um, where you had high stress moments. How does that have anything to do with people pleasing? You got to explain that to me. Right. So you remember I was talking about eating certain foods. You have learned how to use them to suppress emotions. So when we think about like the holidays coming up, right? Everybody's coming to this party with all their emotional wounds. Right. And they're eating all this unhealthy food, which makes them feel good. And then the aura of the holiday event is love. Right. So now you have come with your emotional wounds and you suppress them with food surrounded by love. So now the brain is an image associating organ. So when you deal with emotionally traumatic events, when I say traumatic, that means anything that's stressful. People think trauma is just like fighting and things like that. Any stressful event can cause emotional trauma if you don't know how to navigate that mm-hmm. that scale in that environment. So we have all these people with their emotional traumas coming to an event where there's unhealthy food surrounded by love. The brain is an image associating organ. So now your brain knows you have this emotional trauma and associates the love that you feel with these foods. Wow. So now you have associated love, happiness, the dopamine response with that trauma, but that food takes care of it. Mm, for a minute. For a minute. And ultimately, that leads to health problems. So when we come to people and they, they're like, hey, go vegan. Oh, I can't do that. I can't let go of my chicken. I can't let go of this. It's not. It's, yes, yeah, because it tastes good. But also on a deeper level, it's because of how that food makes them feel. Maybe that's something that their great grandma uh, started them on. You know, every Sunday they ate that. So that chicken represents their great grandma. Mm. And that feeling that their great grandma gave them. So every time they bite that chicken, they might not think about their great grandma, but they get that comforting feeling. Right. So certain emotions, when I go to my uh, holiday dinners with my family, I look at everybody's plate and without my mom, my auntie, my grandma, even myself voicing or articulating my problems, I can see on your plate what you're dealing with. Right. So sweet. That's crazy. Right. So like sweets is usually depression, low self-esteem, issues around self-worth. And that can be broken down into different things. Maybe you were bullied as a child. Uh, Maybe you didn't get the praises from your parents that you wanted. Right. So what does that do over time? That could lead to you being inconsistent. Right. But I'll have to go deeper into the profile. But the top layer of it is low self-worth, low self-esteem, depression, for sweets, mm-hmm. for uh, the pastas, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety. And it always starts in childhood. Mm. And I it, never looked at it like that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people say that when they... When they do you have... Do you have like a book or something that you wrote that goes like deeper into 
that specifically, like the like the association of something. Oh, in your in your course, it, it yeah. It talks week to number that? one, that's all we deal with in the course because before the the idea of the course is you being able to to able to remedy any health issues. I don't want you to depend on me to do it. I want to teach you how to do it for yourself. And that's week number four. But to get you to that point to say, okay, I'm going to be consistent with remedying my health issues. We got to first deal with the cravings because getting on a plan, like you said, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to remedy cancer, but I have people in my community that has done it. Yeah. And I don't like to say I didn't do it. By the way, I didn't do it. I want to make sure that's known. I didn't do it. They did it for themselves and they have the passion to heal themselves. So they've been able to do it. Diabetes, high blood pressure, all of these things can be remedied depending on and, and and it can be regulated with food. It can uh, be regulated with food. But people never make it to that level because they're fighting sweets. They're fighting sugar. Sugar is very addictive. It's one molecule away from crack cocaine. So mm. it's very similar in its chemical structure. It's not the same thing, but it's very similar in its uh, chemical structure. So people are highly addicted to it. I'm yeah. addicted to it as well. But I understand when I'm eating that that pie, I have to create a negative relationship with it, right? So we eat it and we create a good relationship with it. Ooh, it makes me feel so good. It tastes so good. Ooh, grandma, you put your foot in this. No, you need to create a negative relationship with it. This is killing me. This is causing oxidation of my cells. This is causing cellular death, which leads to uh, dehydration of the cells, which leads to uh, inflammation in the joints, right? So I'm saying these things as I eat it. Over time, that helps you to create a negative bond to the food and you can detach from it. You can do that. You can apply that to everything, to food, to people, to environments. You'll be able to detach from it easier. <laughs> Let me tell you what's happening here. And I get it so much. And I have tested our market and I keep testing it and testing it. It doesn't matter how much um, real estate I sell. If there is no social proof of me being involved in the real estate industry, mm. I might as well take real estate out of my bio and just put influencer. Mm. And I think that we all want that because sometimes I do, I'm like, dang, like I feel like all I'm doing is talking about real estate. Even when you reach out to yeah. me, like, oh. but at the end of the day, is that who I am? Yes. And do I talk about real estate all the time? Yes. So my fabulousness is who I am. That's, that's part of me too. But if I'm using my social media page to, help people understand real estate to acquire clients, then I need to be showing what I'm doing, right? Yeah. And I think that a lot of us may just need to get a separate page. It's all about real estate and maybe use that. Because I can say that there are some people, especially of other races, and, can I, and I don't think it's a racial thing, but when I'm going, I was in Vegas, right? So I go to this huge event. It's called Inman Connect Luxury Connect. And I'm in the room with um, people that are selling $30 million deals, mm. not a year, a deal, right? It's luxury real estate connect, right? And you go to their pages and they're white people and all you see is them hanging out with their dog, hanging mm -hmm. out with their pals. They're not doing as much marketing as we're doing, but they are listing and selling $30 million houses. Mm -hmm. But for us as black people, and this is how I truly feel, we are still in a phase of life where we have to prove it. We have to show it and prove it because if you walk up to someone and say, I made a million dollars last year, there's a whole thing. You lying. Ain't no way. <laughs> People want, they. you know why? Because we're not used to seeing it. So yeah. what I recognize in not getting caught up in the hype is, let me just share more. I, I, have, I, I do real estate every day. Let me just share it. Because yeah. I want that representation needs to be important. Mm -hmm. So you can stop not believing that we're doing what we say we're really doing. Yeah. So let me just post these deals. And there are some closings that I can't post, but my name is in the room. 
Like you, like Dave, you can't walk in the room. Nobody, they're not going to say Kiana doesn't know what she's doing in yeah, real estate. They're going to say, oh, she a goat. She helped me buy and sell my house. And yeah. there are, we're in circles where people, you, you may know I work with them because they told you, but you know, you're not going to see the post, right? Did you ever feel that you had to work a little harder to get respected based yes. on how you present yourself and just yes. pretty and stuff like that? Absolutely. I think that even now my style is completely different. Um, what I recognize is I'm recognized as Kiana Watson, the real estate professional, whether I am actually in the selling real estate mode or not. Mm -hmm. And so me and my husband was laughing because we were looking at some old pictures 10 years ago. And I remember when he said something to me one time, I put on these shorts and he said something to me. He ain't like it. But at that time, you know, when they love you, they don't want you to wear certain things. <laughs> and he ain't like it. And I, we and him got into an argument. This was 10 years ago. We got an argument. I can wear what I want. Da, da, da. But now when I actually leave out the house, I like to be stylish. Being stylish is one thing, but I don't lead with everything don't have to be tight. Everything doesn't have to be a certain way. And that's just because I recognize no matter where I am, I'm, I'm still a representation of a black woman in real estate. And there's a specific look that society has kind of deemed that we should have. Mm -hmm. And we are, it's going to take some years to unlearn that behavior. And I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to be the pioneer to take you completely mm -hmm. out the box, but I do push the envelope a little bit to show but guess what yeah i was at this party last night and we had a great time and here we are today just closed on three houses mm. hi y'all you know <laughs> what i mean and you have to do yeah. that and it helps people to unlearn like okay this person can have a life and can be a little bit sexy but still share mm. you know who they are so i i try to defend the agents as much as possible because i do feel like we're put in a box especially black agents i, I don't understand i was listening to gary v Love Gary V. Gary V said, y'all need to stop buying houses. Y'all need to just rent. I feel like I'm trying to understand that. where that's coming from. I think he says that from a lot of people say it from a place of ignorance. And I always say this. I'm not going to compare myself to a Gary V or even a Grant Cardone. Right. Because I ain't got a billion dollars. Right. They have a billion dollars. So why are you speaking to them? You got a hundred thousand. You need to be listening to your 100,000 there people. Yeah. I think that we, I'm not about to take advice, life advice from someone that's living on a level that I'm not at. So right now you're giving me advice from a billionaire status, but I'm pretty sure you own your property. Right. So why are you telling me not to own something? Do you, did you like, do you understand why he's saying it? Cause I, I still don't why. understand. Cause it. he's probably shot. Cause he's shopping in a different, he's coming from a different space. Mm -hmm. I'm Gary V. My family been had money. Mm -hmm. I, they, we own multiple properties throughout the United States. But right now I'm looking at the interest rates, they're higher, the prices are higher. I'm gonna tell these buyers they just need to rent. The comparison to that, rents are higher than mortgages right now. Mm -hmm. Rents are high, but they need to rent. They, you don't need any responsibility because we don't know what's gonna happen in the market. So they're coming from a place of this market is shifting so much, don't just rent. Because eventually you're going to be able to buy something because they're betting on the, the real estate in the industry plummeting. They're thinking that's yeah. going to happen. But there is no there are no numbers to support that. But this is like three years ago where I think his message wasn't like, don't buy right now. I think he's saying buying a house as a young entrepreneur is a bad idea. That's what and he's he, saying. And I don't I don't get that. That doesn't even make sense. The to only me. reason it makes sense. The only reason it makes sense, and I'm gonna tell you because I'm a I'm a home ownership a home ownership advocate, but I have my cl client, and she's like a huge example. She bought a house using down payment assistance from me six years ago, so she got the house basically. She only had to put a thousand dollars in. So she start she on the internet. She following you. She following Neo. She following everybody. She ends up taking some class with Neo, 
about event spaces. Mm. So she called me, Kiana. This was two years ago, Kiana. I want to sell my house. How much money can I make? I said, you can make 100000 I look at the numbers, right. you can make 100000 She All she did was buy it with $1,000 out of the pocket, live there with her family. And she said, I got a plan. I said, what's your plan? She said, my plan is to open an event space. She is a mobile notary now. I want to open an event space because she used to work for the airport. Mm. And, you know, they weren't. Entrepreneurship definitely gives her some more compensation. Sure. Yeah. And she was like, I'm, I'm going to open up my own business. She said, do you think it's smart for me to open up this business? This is my projection. And I got my mobile notary. And she started wholesaling. Word. And she said, I'm going to do this for a year and I'm going to come back and buy. I said, if you got a plan for this 100000 to build a business, to bring in an income, sell the house. We sold her house. She opened the event space. It's in Snellville. I know exactly where mm. it is. She does her mobile notary. I have her number. And she's making money, but she keeps in touch with me. Shout out to Jewel. Jewel was like, and when I, when I, even now, I'm going to come back and buy another house. Mm -hmm. I think that he's talking to people like that. She didn't take the hundred thousand and go to Chanel. She didn't take the hundred thousand and go to the mall. She invested in another business. And I think that from Gary B's standpoint is if you can get a book, if you have a bulk of money Mm -hmm. and you want to, and you want to be an entrepreneur, let me just start there. Yeah, for sure. Invest it into a business first. I think then that that and and even me advocating home ownership, I advocate for investing in businesses yeah. just as much. 100%. But if you are just working your nine to five and you have no other plans, and did you just see how the girl stayed there for six years and made a hundred thousand? Mm-hmm. You could have you could have stayed there for six years and said, I want to pull this money out and did a home equity line of credit and pulled out eighty thousand and kept twenty thousand inside your mm-hmm. equity and still would have been to the good some additional money. That is the power of home ownership. So I still believe in it, but I also believe in business ownership as well. So I think that his mindset was because there's a lot of people now, they don't want to work. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. So you have some money to invest in being an entrepreneur. Go for it. Yeah.